The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Welcome back. Yet another day to Afternoons with Mike right here on the Shepherd Radio Network. With me in the studio, Amy Lloyd. Amy owns what's called the Amy Advantage. That's a cool name. I really like it. Uh, she's a marketing and branded, branding expert for businesses, and she has quite a story, not only how she got into her own company, a lot of experience uh, in the workforce prior to that, but also she's uh, she has quite a story personally, not only in her motherhood, but her uh, just her health. A lot, of, a lot of challenges have happened along the way for Amy, and she's an overcomer. So welcome back to my program. Thank you. It's so good to be here, Mike. I appreciate the opportunity. You've been here before, and you told us a little bit about your background back in the day. You are, along with Cindy and me, uh, a a survivor of a lost child. But not only a lost child, uh, uh, multiple pregnancies that ended in miscarriages. And that's something that a lot of our listeners, I would just bet right there, I I got a lot of attention. People think, okay, you're listening at home, you're driving down the road. And suddenly now someone said something that sparked uh, a, a memory in their own lives where they've gone through the same thing. That's tough. And a lot of people don't talk about that. I think it's something that needs to be talked about because when you've suffered through what you've gone through, it's really great to hear other people's story. It brings encouragement, right? For sure. And everything that you just said, I feel like we have come a long way in our society, but we still have a long way to go in regards to pregnancy loss, miscarriages, stillborn babies, infant loss, all of that. I feel like it still can be taboo in regards to should we share that? Should we tell our story? And I can tell everybody out there 100% yes even if it's to a small group of people, to be open and transparent and vulnerable, even when it's super difficult and uncomfortable, can lead to huge blessings, not just for other people, but for yourself. Mm -hmm. Because when I've told my story, which I was uncomfortable at the beginning, but when I started telling my story just to one person here, one person there, you start hearing so many people, including yourself, Mike, when we talked about it, I had no idea stuff that you had gone through. And- When I start sharing my stories, even about miscarriages, so many people have gone through similar experiences, and I've been in front of many women and men who break down and just start bawling their eyes out because they've never had anybody to talk to about it. And it really does provide the sense of hope to other people because now I'm on the other side of it. Like I've come through, I'm at peace, I've lived this amazing life where back then when I was going through those things, I didn't think that there was really hope or a chance of that. So me sharing my story and having the resources to try to educate people now has been a huge blessing. You know, there's a big new story that's out. I mean, Al Mohler in his uh, The Briefing podcast talked about it even this very morning, and that is loneliness and the, the impact that loneliness has now upon our whole culture. It's been exacerbated because of COVID. And a lot of people were kind of locked in, locked down, shut up, if you will, alone. And I think that aspect to people who've gone through what you've gone through in your lifetime is often something that happened. They they felt alone so often in this. And part of the reason was their friends, even their closest family members at times, were uncomfortable, not knowing what to say, if they should say anything. If they did say something, they were afraid they'd say the wrong thing that could be upsetting. And I found, Cindy found, that none of that was true. I mean, we needed to talk about it, awkward or not. That was your experience too, hundred percent. Right? And I can understand from both sides now that I, a long time ago, I was on the side where I didn't know what to say to people when or what to do. Do you say something? Do you not say anything? Uh, It can be super awkward. So I will say that the majority of parents that I have met that gone through similar situations want to talk about it. 
And as somebody, if you know somebody that's gone through this kind of loss, I will say that you don't, it's not that you have to worry about saying the right thing. You don't have to say anything. I think it's been the best comfort for me and the most help when I've had friends and family and coworkers just be there for me to cry on their shoulder, just to listen to me, to ask me questions. And I think also, Mike, it's okay to ask that person, what do you need? What can I do to help? Do you want to talk about it? Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't be something where you feel so much pressure that you're worried about saying things because there's not necessarily the right thing to say. I think just having that support and having people who are there with you is the biggest way to help. And the more that we talk about it, especially as parents who have lost children, for me personally, Caitlin was my daughter who I lost. I still, to this day, it's been 10 years since she passed. And I still, to this day, get upset, but get joy from recognizing that she was a live baby and she's in heaven now. I like to hear her name. I like to talk about it and celebrate her birthday and those things. I think that one thing that people who have not experienced that, they just don't know, and it's helpful for them to hear uh, things like what you're sharing right now. They don't know that even though that child was only with us for a matter of minutes or hours at most, they don't realize the impact that that child's life still brought that was a positive impact. And they they don't couldn't possibly realize the need that we would have as parents to even be able to express thanks for the impact that they brought into our lives, even though we didn't get to keep them along. Right. And And in regards to that, I will say I've been very blessed to be, I've been given a platform to now kind of use my experience to educate people in regards to what it feels like and what moms and dads really are looking for after they've gone through this type of loss. So I've been so blessed to be part of the Fenley Project, which I've talked to you about in the past, Mm -hmm. which really supports grieving mothers right after they've lost an infant. And I've now been on the side where I can say that most parents that have gone through this really do want to talk about it. And the education in this day and age is such a huge, huge help because it makes sense that people who haven't experienced it would have no idea how it feels, what to say. So the more that we talk about it, I think the education is super helpful to people who haven't gone through it because how would they know? But most people have great intentions. They want to help, but they don't know how to help. I think that's really being very generous to say it that way. It is true. I think most people, and no one wakes up in the morning and say, I want to really be rude today to somebody that's gone through something that I couldn't possibly understand. They don't do that. And sometimes it's the best friends that can feel awkward and they duck. They don't take the, the chance. And again, I think their motives for why they do that, it's not that they're being malicious or bad. They just, at that point... They have chosen to uh, avoid the topic because of fear. And that's the part that I hope that if we in this section of our program today help anybody out there uh, with one tidbit of truth, people who have gone through difficult stuff need to talk about it. And it's part of the healing process to talk about it. So sometimes you just got to dive in into this awkward world of uh, discussion and that your friend is going to be blessed by it. Yeah, I completely agree. And it was awkward for me, even as a mom who went through these losses. It was awkward to me at the beginning. If somebody said something that came across offensive to me, it was hard for me to even address it. But now I've gotten used to people actually want to be educated. So if somebody would say, oh, you lost a baby or refer to my daughter as it or something that I just, it didn't resonate with me. I feel more comfortable now saying she was a person. She was my daughter. She has a name. Her name's Caitlin. And it helps me if you say her name instead of referring to her as just a loss or an it or, you know, a pregnancy that didn't work out. Yeah. Well, our culture has been handed what I think is just a bunch of lies about uh, about the unborn child, the preborn child even, because of the fact that uh, medical doctors who have been a part of abortions and this whole movement against uh, uh, children who, you know, calling them just bits of flesh or, you know, they're not, uh, you know, they're not really a child even while they're in the womb. That's just not true. Yeah, not biblically. Even- 
Yeah. Even with my miscarriages before I had lost my daughter, with my miscarriages, honestly, at that point, that was the worst thing I'd ever gone through. And with the medical advancements today, it's a good and bad thing that you usually find out super early what the sex or gender of your baby is. Mm -hmm. So when you actually identify that you're having a baby girl or a baby boy and name the child, even if you only make it to 18, 20 weeks and they consider it a miscarriage, it still makes the mom usually feel so much more bonded and the dad because you right. have a name, you know the gender. Yeah. So it's just so different in this day and age that still that loss can be so huge and lonely, isolating. Yeah, it can be. And I'm grateful for people like you who are willing to go on on the air and through podcasts telling your story because, you know, we overcome them by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And that's what you're doing. And so people who are going to be passing even this podcast out once it turns into a podcast, they're going to be sending this to people who've gone through what you've gone through. And it's encouraging to them because they're hearing somebody else with whom they can relate. And that is part of the healing process as well. So thank you. You're welcome. For... No, I love sharing it. It's a whole paying it forward thing. You know, I've come a long way where I feel like now helping other people feel comfortable talking about it is gives me peace and well, gives me a purpose. Well, you, you've gone through so many things, Amy. And I again, I appreciate your candidness and your transparency. You went through a divorce at a very difficult time when you had a couple of small children. And you were at that point, you, I'm, I'm sure you felt like you probably weren't going to get married again. It wasn't a focus to you to ever remarry uh, at that point. And you're doing your best. And then COVID hits and uh, you, you did get married before COVID hits again. You, that actually did happen, right? Yeah, I've been now, uh, my husband and I, Robbie, we just celebrated our six year wedding anniversary. We've been together for seven years, which was a huge blessing. And as you said, I really didn't think I would ever get married again or even date. So it was amazing to have God bring in such a special man to be a dad to my two boys. And then for us to have our own child now who's just turned three. Well, you're going to, you started your own company and probably what a lot of people from a business standpoint would say, what are you doing? It's crazy to start a business in a pandemic. And that's exactly what you did. You didn't realize it was going to be quite the, and none of us did. It was only two weeks to flatten the curve after all, right? In the beginning of those lockdowns. And uh, that uh, turned out to be a lot longer than two weeks, but uh, you know, you started all of this you were you were married and you were trying to have your own child together with your husband now and that took a while but it did happen right it did and you're so right that i had no idea at the time about covid so i got pregnant a year before covid hit and because of me being high risk and because of my past losses i was on bed rest for a good amount of that time and i had to quit my very stable, great uh, marketing job at the law firm that I was at. And during that time, I feel like it was 100% a God thing or the Holy Spirit really that led me to take small steps to look into starting my own business because I was on bed rest and you can only watch so much TV. <laughs> so I, right. I started the Amy Advantage and it's been, I just celebrated my three-year uh, business anniversary in March and in regards to COVID, I will say it was very interesting timing because when I signed my very first client, it was the day before we got the notice that the, the schools were being closed down for March COVID. 2020. I mean, we all remember it. Yeah. Very clearly for me. So if yeah. I would have known that a day earlier, I probably would have canceled that client meeting and my whole business probably would have been on hold and would not be to where it is today. So God used that to, I think, motivate me to do something I definitely would not have done on my right. own. Yeah. And the blessing I never would have expected was I homeschooled at the time a fourth grader, a first grader, and I had a newborn and I just had signed my first client. It ended up being the blessing it was because it gave me the chance to have trial and error and just take on one client, figure out what worked for me. And I slowly grew my business now into this huge booming marketing company, you know, that I never would have expected. That's right. And we're going to talk about that marketing company because one of the things that you did and I uh, learned a lot about because uh, of just that's where the world is, social media, that a term that we didn't even know until a couple of years back. 
but uh, you we're going to be talking about the Amy Advantage and how that uh, that company has progressed since 2020. Let's go back for a moment, though. We've got just enough time in this segment to talk about your marketing efforts when you worked for a law firm. Now, when a lot of people think about a law firm, they they do whether they realize it or not. They think about commercials. They think about lawyers on radio or television or billboards they see it so marketing is a big part of that legal profession right oh it's huge and as you said a lot of people have a preconceived idea of what marketing falls under and a lot of it is for those big litigation law firms a lot of it is those billboards and the commercials now social media has brought a whole new thing into it um, it has a lot of good things. It has a lot of bad things. <clears throat> and I will say it's, it's ironic kind of because people who know that I am, you know, a social media, I will say not an expert, but getting there, I have a team of experts that works with me, but when they know that I have my master's degree in marketing, they automatically assume that I know so much about social media, but it's kind of funny mm-hmm. that I got my master's degree. It's been like 22 years ago. There was no social media. Right, my space, I think, had just come out when I was graduating. So all of it that I've learned has been kind of through trial and error and just keeping up yeah. to date and having a team of people that are really experts on it. You know, what's funny is the kids that are starting their own careers, graduating from college right now, they live this their entire lives. They've never known anything but a time where at least there was uh, a MySpace or the formation of Facebook back uh, when they were real young. So they've grown up with it. They don't know what it was like before there were things like like uh, no cell phones. I mean, how funny is that? Those of us that are older we can remember when those first things came about. Holy cow, I can remember when television came out, for crying out loud. I mean, I'm, I'm that old. But these kids, that's their entire life. So it's going to be a, a different world for their growing up, right? Completely. And in regards to different generations, I will say social media, you know, it started really kind of with MySpace for personal things. And then, we, you know, we came out with Facebook and LinkedIn and all of the platforms have progressed, but they're used in different ways for different purposes. So it's very difficult to figure out what platforms are best for a personal standpoint compared to a professional standpoint. And as you mentioned, college students, they're using, you know, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, and those weren't a thing back when we just used Facebook and LinkedIn. That's right. And depending on what you are doing, if it's personal or professional, you maybe have to use a combination of those platforms and you maybe use one. However, it can be used in one way for personal and another way in professional. And it's very difficult to keep up with it. It really is. And you've got to you've got to know a lot. You've got to keep up with a lot if you're going to try to do it on your own. And that's why companies like Amy Lloyd's company, the Amy Advantage, can really help you. So uh, we'll take a quick break right now. My guest is Amy Lloyd, and we'll be back with Amy in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. You're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. What a joy to have Amy Lloyd here in the studio. Amy was with us uh, about what, a year and a half ago or something like yeah, that? I think right I think. at a year and a half ago. Yeah, I think it was because she's part of the Christian Chamber. And I, I got to know her through that, like a lot of our guests have been. That's really uh, an amazing group of people here. Just from a business standpoint, I know you actually joined the chamber a long time back when Mark Goldstein was president, right? Yeah, so I, it's been almost 10 years ago. My 
soon-to-be 10-year-old was a newborn when I joined. And even though I had the opportunity to join from a professional standpoint, it ended up being just a huge personal group network community for me. And now it's really helped with my professional career also. You know, it's really hard to put into words. When I've talked to a lot of people who are part of this particular group, they say the same thing. It's much more than just a business group. The uh, It's almost like a family reunion every time that it comes together, right? For sure. It's, it is hard to put into words exactly what it means to people. The best way I can explain it from a professional standpoint is that even when I wasn't working and did not have my own company yet, and I was in that interim between my pregnancies, I actually really thought hard about how I could come up with a reason to keep going back and attending the Christian chamber. And part of me was thinking, oh, that's so weird. It would be awkward for me to be a member and not have a business or not be working somewhere. But when I talked to people, they they encouraged it. And I stayed on for, I think it was a year before I started my own business. And it's because of that personal aspect and the relationships and they really supported me. And then they were there to help me when I did start my own company. So I'm so happy I didn't wait to join back until my company started. And I just stayed active that whole time. So 2020 was not only a year uh, for your formation of your business, it was also a year that Crystal Parker came into being in June of that year, I think, as the president of the chamber. And her last day will actually be coming up on May 11. That's this coming Thursday, as uh, a week from this Thursday, actually. Uh, and uh, two, uh, for the first time, I guess, uh, since sir, I know anything about it, uh, a co-presidents, a husband and wife team, the Heavens, uh, will Briston and Latandra Heaven will be leading the chamber. And uh, she's already, Latandra is already part working for Crystal. So this has been a busy time. Uh, the, the chamber's grown a lot during that time frame. And uh, for our listeners in Gainesville and Ocala would not appreciate as much as those that are in Orlando and part of this group. Uh, again, just the social benefit that it's brought. I mean, it's brought friendships. It's brought business. It's done all of that. And uh, Crystal is going to be uh, having her last day in leading on that Thursday. So it's going to be a bittersweet day for those that know and love Crystal, but she's still going to be around. Yeah. So it's funny how my first reaction was when I found out, because going back to Mark Goldstein, you mentioned that I joined when Mark Goldstein was a president. And so that was my first experience with the chamber. And he has a very unique and amazing style. And I will say I've become very close with him personally Mm -hmm. and professionally. So when I found out that he was leaving, I did not know Crystal Parker at the time. So my heart was broken. I remember just crying, saying, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to see you anymore, Mark. And I was so upset. But then I had the chance to sit with Crystal, and she's been such a a huge blessing to me personally, professionally. She is my prayer warrior. I've gotten to know her story very, very good, and we're super close. So I almost had deja vu when I found out this past month and I heard that she was leaving. I actually was sitting at the chamber lunch and I just started bawling my eyes out. Um, And then once I got over my own personal selfishness and my, you know, being upset thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not going to see Crystal anymore. Now I've come to the realization that she actually is just like Mark and to still be involved. Yeah, she's still going to be on the board. Even. She is. Yeah. And she is moving on and upward. And it's such a great opportunity for her. So I'm so happy for her. And I do know LaTondra, not as well, but I'm excited to get to know her in Briston even more. Right. And they're amazing, amazing people. I've only heard great things about them. And I just had my first meeting with LaTondra actually earlier this week. So I'm super happy now for Crystal, even though I don't like change. I'm trying to get used to this, <laughs> yeah. but it's going to be great having, I think, the co-presidents with husband and wife them bringing, you know, a different style to the chamber. And it's growing so much with the U.S. chamber now being developed. And Crystal's going to be helping in regards to starting these chambers all over the nation, which is so amazing. The U.S. Christian Chamber. And it's uh, often flying already. A lot of chapters already under the banner of that uh, name. And Crystal is... uh, She's doing it. She's making this thing happen on a national basis. Your business deals with this thing called social media. Social media is a, a terminology that when I first heard it, I thought, what, what is that? I mean, 
social media? Okay, isn't, you know, I, we ask all those kind of crazy questions. What does that mean? What is the social terminology? Why is that used? And, you know, I think a lot of it had to do with when these things happened, the idea of friendships, uh, you know, you, you basically invited people. You were even called, on, and still are on Facebook, a Facebook friend. So there is, is that social aspect that was supposedly part of it. But, but we all know that the whole world of social media has gone way beyond just friendships. It's, it's a marketing tool. It's, it's, there's something scary about it. There's something dark about it. Uh, a lot of people have sworn off of social media because of that darkness. So here you, here you are, you're dealing, you actually, and all of us are somewhat, we have to deal with it. If we're going to market our, our businesses, we can't ignore it. So how do we live with it? What's, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you say, how do you live with social media if we can't live without it? So Kind of just based on what you just said, Mike, it's like they call it the good, the bad, the ugly of social media. It's kind of one of those sometimes a necessary evil, especially if you're a business owner. And you're right, it started off really as friendships and that personal part. A lot of people still use it that way. And different platforms can be used in different ways on a personal basis and a professional basis. Mm -hmm. So in regards to you saying that a lot of people even swear off of it and take time away, I will say one of the biggest dangers of social media, personally and professionally, is the addictive potential for it. You can become obsessed with it. They say that oxytocin is actually released in your mind when you have the notifications that come on that you have new messages, that you have new connections, and it can really take over your life. So it's figuring out that balance yeah. of how to use it professionally and which platforms to use. I've kind of just figured it out through trial and error. And I do have a team of what I consider social media experts because it's changing. Every platform is changing almost daily with different algorithms, things that would be so impossible for me to really keep up with and still run a company. And so business owners, there's no way that we could expect them to understand what we can utilize social media for and what platforms are best for their business, which is why people really need to use a social media expert and somebody that really just focuses all day, every day on That's figuring right. out how to do it. You know, if you blink your eyes in this social media world, you've, you've missed uh, new companies opening up new things. I mean, even just the, the, I guess the one platform that I know the most about would be Facebook, but that changed and they introduced an, uh, a year or two back, they introduced these shorts, these video shorts. And you mentioned addiction. I think those things bring about that kind of uh, a potential that people can just get involved in looking at it. And the first thing you know, you've wasted an hour of your life looking at one short after another, one video after another. And again, uh, the word algorithm that is a purposeful thing. I mean, they are, they're kind of feeding us, aren't they? What we, what they think we want to see. That's what happens with an algorithm. Right. And I will say they are so smart and it's very, unfortunately it's very manipulative, which can really get people, like you said, addicted, but it can also, it manifests the whole comparison aspect where if That's you're right. not face to face with people and not living in relationship and community, it's very easy to get stuck behind technology, stuck behind a screen and kind of compare yourself in regard to people, especially on Facebook. This happens all the time where people are just posting all these happy memories, which I understand. I post right. my happy things about my kids and my family and vacations and all of this stuff. It's a natural desire to want to do that. But if that's all you do and you're just watching people that are posting all of these amazing things, we start comparing ourselves, I think, and feeling like we're less than, that we're not, you know, we're not good enough. A lot of people don't use social media to kind of as a believer to encourage others to spread their faith, to give other people hope. It can become a very maybe like narcissistic, almost selfish way for us to feel good about ourselves, but people don't realize that's not always reality. Right. So I've learned to try to balance it where I don't just share my exciting, happy news, but I also personally and professionally share my struggles with my right. business, struggles with my family so that people can see I'm a real person and I try to be my most authentic self 
to encourage other people to do that. You know, I think it's always been around with people that people you know, maybe put their best foot forward. They don't uh, want to let everybody know the weaknesses of their lives. And on social media, that's exactly the perfect platform to do that very thing. So you can make an image of what your life is like and project that uh, out nationally, globally even, and that not really represent the whole of your life at all, but that's the persona. And that comparison that you're talking about is one of the dangerous things that can happen because you can look honestly like you got all of life together and the people that are reading it know their lives are not all that together. The truth is none of our lives are all that together but that's not what's being put forward. So therefore, social media can be what, uh, using Trump's word, it can be fake media. Oh, for sure. And I think one of the reasons why we get so caught up in that is because we forget, even I forget at times when you're posting something and you're very quick to post something and you don't think it through or read it a couple times before posting it, I think it's very easy to not realize that you're actually talking to real people. And it's not just one or two people right. on my social media. I have probably 5,000 plus friends on LinkedIn. I have 7,000 connections. And when you're sitting at your desk or in your bedroom posting something, it's very easy to forget that and think that you're just posting something for yourself and you want to remember those happy happy things that have happened, which I think is good, but you also need to think twice about some of the things that you write because mm -hmm. it is going global sometimes and you don't know people's religious views, their uh, you know political views, just what they're struggling with in their life. But if you're sitting with somebody face-to-face -face or a small group of people, it's much easier to think about what you say before you say it. And with social media, it takes that personal relationship part away. And so we are set up to potentially hurt people and say things that we don't even realize are hurtful. And sometimes mm -hmm. it can be that, oh, we have this great life. We're super blessed and share those things. But also me personally, I like to share, as I said, the struggles and things that we're trying to overcome and ask for support. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even have to be, oh, I've, co I've come through this and made it to the other side. In the middle of some of my struggles is where I post and say, this is what I need. I need prayer. I'm very open about that. Um, I don't try to overshare necessarily, but I do think about my audience and that they are different demographic, very diverse. So I never hide my true self, but I also think about, okay, if I had these diverse people in a room what would I feel comfortable and ethical and morally? And as a believer, what would I feel comfortable sharing with mm -hmm. them and try to do that even when you're behind a screen? So for a business person that's uh, being told by everyone in their company, hey, you need to get a Twitter account. You need to get uh, all of the news about the company on social media. Uh, number one, obviously you're a marketer that believes in using social media. You do that. Uh, what What is the first thing you say to a business person? Let's say he's a little old school and he's not done anything like that, not even kept up, doesn't have a, an Instagram, doesn't have a Twitter account. What's the first thing you tell them that would be helpful about social media? And this is so common, Mike. Most of my clients fall into that category where... You know, most of them are probably a little bit older than I am. They know social media is a necessity, but they don't know anything about it. There's so many different platforms. So I spend time with my client on the front side. One, really understanding what their goals are, not just their goals, but also who their target market is, who their audience is. And I would say you don't necessarily want to use all the platforms, especially if you're just starting off and you're a newbie to social media. I suggest just with my client I was talking with yesterday, he had never used any platforms before. And after I listened to what his goals are, what he's trying to achieve, who his audience is, I said, let's just start with LinkedIn. We don't need to get you out onto Twitter, Instagram, even Google My Business, which is now Google Profile. They're changing things every single day. <laughs> so I told him, let's just start with one thing yeah. because the most, one of the most important things with social media in regards to branding is you want to keep it consistent 
across all platforms if you're going to use multiple platforms and you want to make sure that your brand, your messaging is consistent, even if it's expressed in a little different manner, it needs to be consistent across all of those platforms. And it can be a 24 hour a day job if you really try to take on all the platforms at once and manage them and respond to comments, which is so important. So it can be so time consuming. Yeah, you don't have time to do business. Right. And the <laughs> negative part of I find my a lot of the business owners that have tried to dabble in a bunch of things up front and try to figure it out on their own without hiring somebody who specializes in SEO and social media and really do know the algorithms is that they really don't have the time to immediately respond right. to negative publicity, which is so important. You have to respond to pretty much every comment in the most civil, moral way. And it's very difficult because it can very quickly ruin your brand or tarnish your brand. But then it can also give you this huge audience for free where you can promote your brand and also serve others with helping them promote their business and kind of form partnerships with people where you can work together and promote each other. Now, that sounds like that would be one of the more positive, uh, let's say, advantages to using social media for your business is that it's free, that you can get on there. You're not having to buy billboard space. You're not having to take out ads in the newspaper or whatever. Uh, you can get on and, and use social media for free. Now, that's harder, I think, to do well than it might seem like it is, right? It is. So I think it's very appealing, as you said, to a lot of business owners because it, it is a free platform and there's good, bad and ugly about that also. So I will say the good part is if you don't have a large marketing budget, of course, that's an easy way to start off with social media platforms. They have the paid portions of most of those social media platforms, which honestly is only necessary, in my opinion, with very specific situations, but using you mean the buying free, like uh, pushing uh, the Facebook thing out or whatever. Yeah, there's ads pretty much on all the Google, mm -hmm. the YouTube. You can push out your brand, and for some companies, especially the larger ones, that's super important. If you have a larger marketing budget, then it's feasible. But for smaller entrepreneurs and business owners, I do use the free section. So you have to also just be careful about the disadvantages of you can have a lot of negativity of people because it's free. So so many people are using it and commenting. Right. So it's the good and the bad. You have to balance it out. Amy Lloyd is my guest today from the Amy Advantage. We'll be back with her in a moment for segment three. This is Afternoons with Mike. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Amy Lloyd, the Amy Advantage. Amy's back with us in the studio today. And I really am enjoying this talk because I think it's something everybody needs to know about. Everybody feels they do know some things about social media. I think most older people that are listening, even my mom, my, my mom passed away a year ago and she was uh, a person at age 93 that still uh, spent time on Facebook. She, uh, she had her own Facebook account and she watched what was going on with the kids, what was going on with their friends at their church, uh, all the way up until the very last day of her life. Uh, well, I should say the last couple of days of her life anyway. Uh, so people need to know the right stuff. Uh, you had a phrase about social media that you've used in this program a couple of times, the good, the bad, and the ugly. There are things that are good. There are things that are bad. And boy, are there some things that are ugly about social media. Now, I, what I'd like to launch into in this last segment is as believers, as business owners who are believers, maybe their business isn't per se a Christian business, but it's they're Christian themselves. What do they need to know about? What do believers need to know? So it does put us in a very interesting, unique situation being business owners who are believers of faith. And we want to balance out, yeah. you know, being true to ourselves, 
building the kingdom, but also building our business and doing that in the most civil and moral way. So there are several things I try to consider in promoting my clients who are Christian believers. So one of them I think is important in all aspects of life, but specifically social media is that you need to remember these are actual real human beings that you are talking with, that you're pushing out your information personally and professionally. So I would say treat people as real people because they are actual people. So conversations that you're going to have face-to-face, you need to make sure that you're very cautious about how you talk to them. So I would say that's one thing to remember as a believer that you want to be very careful about how we portray ourselves because we are held to a different standard, a higher standard, and we want to build the kingdom. And that can be not only in a post uh, about their business, but it can be in a comment to someone else's post, right? For sure. Commenting is a huge thing, especially on LinkedIn, which is what most of my business clients use as LinkedIn. So when you're responding to things, it's very easy to go through and like and love things. And, And that's great, but it's really good for your business to put comments, but you have to be careful. You want to respond to comments, but you want to take that time to make sure that you're responding in the most positive way for your faith, but also for your business. And Mm -hmm. there is a way to do it. I, I say to all of my clients and all of my friends and family, you just really need to be yourself. You can be yourself and be your true authentic self and still promote yourself as a business owner. It doesn't have to be, oh, I'm either you know, a Christian on this one side and I'm a business owner on this side. You don't always have to talk about your faith, but they say, you know, our actions and the fruit of the spirit, people will know that we are believers based on how we speak and mm-hmm. how we treat people. So I would say you don't even have to always talk about our religious beliefs. Just have the motive and the priority of serving others. And it does really come around where it can be a win-win. But if we go into it with the right attitude that we want to promote others, we want to be kind to others, we want to promote their businesses and serve them, I feel like that kind of sets up us up in the right mind frame where we will also benefit from that. But it also helps us to be careful in portraying Christianity in a negative light. Mm -hmm. Now, for a company that's worried about their reputation, and and it's easy with this Uh, divided world that we're living in. I mean, you can say things, you can take a position, let's say politically, that you later regret that could actually maybe not only affect people's reputation of you or their thoughts about your reputation, but your business as well. So what should they be careful about uh, uh, from a standpoint of watching reputation? So I have my own kind of personal view that I use and I think it is probably good for most business owners to use is that we, one, the social media, the ugly part about it is that once you put something out there, it can be out there forever and there's not always a way to take it back. So in regards to that, when we're positioning ourselves as believers, we need to be very careful about what we say. And in regards to putting stuff out there, I would just say you always, as I mentioned earlier, you always want to serve people, but you want to make sure if it's something that you're putting out there, you realize people have different religious views. People have different political views, different diversity, different ethnicities. And we're not just called as believers to serve each other. Mm-hmm. We're also called to serve and be an example to non-believers, which a lot of time is more important. So we can position ourselves where we're helping people that see Maybe we're the only Christians, business owners that they might know on social media. So it's so important how we portray ourselves and portray the church and our community and the kingdom so that we are being good examples of really what the real believers should be like. And they will know by our actions and how we speak that there's something different about us and that they God's light is shining. They will know we're Christians shining. by our love. Exactly. <laughs> That's what that the Bible true. says. Yes. Yeah, so what is your favorite, when you look back over the years of working with people in marketing, in social media, what is uh, maybe your favorite example of where it it just happened right, it, it worked well? That's a great question. I've had a lot of great situations, I will say, and a lot of times it just falls into place. But with one of my specific clients, I will say 
somebody that had no experience with social media who hired me and my team to really help him kind of dabble in it to begin with. And we started it off to explain the benefits, like we talked about today on the show, the benefits of how you can use it personally, but also professionally. And by really helping him understand, but then trust us. Once you trust and know and like somebody, then it's easier to entrust them with your social media accounts because it is very personal. So I try to get to know my clients really their true authentic self. I want to know their personality because if I am managing their accounts, I want to speak in their tone, not Mm -hmm. in my tone. I want to represent them in the best way. So I've had opportunities with very specific clients who I've had the chance to really get to know on a personal level, not just on a business level, who have started off with LinkedIn, moved on to YouTube to, well, now what they call Google Profile, the Google My Business, Pinterest, Instagram. There's just so many of them that I've seen them really grow their audience, represent their brand in a positive way, and really influence other people and not only get clients, but get partnerships Mm -hmm. where they can work together to grow their business. So, I mean, I really can't even say one specific because there's just been so many, Mike, over the three years I've been working with Mm -hmm. people where it really just step by step can fall into place in ways I never would have even expected. So I've been super blessed because I'm not an expert really in social media. I learn it as I go. That's why I have a team of people who educate me on a constant well, people basis. who don't know, uh, you know a lot more than than most of us would know. Uh, but there's one platform that is just kind of like taken storm, and that's TikTok. And a lot of older people know nothing about it, except maybe what they've heard on some news story about its implications of being a, let's say, associated with uh, the Communist Party of China. Uh, and then yet almost every kid, every Gen Zer that's out there, every young person, They're using that every day. What are your thoughts about TikTok? So I will say being a mom of three young boys and a soon-to-be teenager, I have one thought about it on a personal level and a different professional opinion. So for my children, I will say no way. That's just my (laughs) personal opinion. And I did sit with my kids, specifically my 12-year-old, to look through it with him to see and educate myself and see what's happening. And in my opinion, it's not appropriate for my family. So from a personal standpoint, I don't use it um, and I don't let my children use it. From a professional standpoint, I only have a few of my clients use it. And this is what I base that off of. One, it depends on what kind of brand they have, what their product or their service is that they're promoting, because I don't think it's for everybody. And it's one of those platforms that if they hire me and my team to manage their account, I can't do it on their behalf. TikTok has to be the actual person doing it. That's the best way to utilize Mm -hmm. that platform. So most people are at least aware of the TikTok videos. They're cute. They're fun. Some of them are personal, you know, the people dancing and just fun little, you know, clips that people do. I have seen clients and some of my clients have used it if they are very comfortable in front of people. They can kind of have that professional manner, but also they add that personal touch. I have a client who's a dancing travel agent. She's actually going to be doing a Christian Chamber um, event. Yeah, yeah, Gigi Max. So she's my client. She's my travel agent also. So she's the dancing travel agent. So she's somebody that does amazing, cute videos. I have some other clients that are great at doing it. So I say for them, yes, there is a way to use it and you can use it professionally if you feel comfortable. I think it has to be about the business owner, their own personality, and I never try to push a platform on one of my clients if they're not Mm -hmm. comfortable with it. So it sounds like you are most comfortable and maybe most businesses use LinkedIn uh, as a as a platform for this, right? I would say that's the, as a baby social media person, LinkedIn is the easiest. Mm-hmm. It's least scary, in my opinion. You have the least chance of getting into trouble, per se. So it's a good stepping, a step in the right direction. So yes, I use LinkedIn mm-hmm. for most of my business owners. I, I work mostly with financial planners, attorneys, you know, CEOs. So that that is the best platform it's the easiest you don't usually use it personally so much so it's a very easy way to promote your brand 
to post articles, to post presentations, to even create your actual business mm -hmm. page and promote events. So I've used it for all of those things. Once you do that, I do suggest using Google My Business. That's the other one. It's also now called Google Profile. But that's how nowadays everybody goes on to Google and will just search for, you know, personal injury attorneys near me. And the first thing that's going to come up are the people around you that are on Google. If your business is not promoted in the right way on Google, then you're not going to come up. And people nowadays want to do it very fast. They do it in their car. They search for something and they look at the reviews. So those five-star reviews are huge. It's very difficult to get a, a high quantity of good mm -hmm. reviews. So I will say LinkedIn, you don't have to worry about that as much. Google is a better way once you become a little more familiar with social media to promote yourself and to get those clients really, I would say the warm clients or colder prospects to find your business. Because just me personally, if I'm trying to find, you know, a dog groomer, which I was doing the other day, I'm just going to go on to Google and look it up. And I look at the Mm -hmm. ratings and then I go through and look at the very specific recommendations and what they say. Right. So LinkedIn definitely is the best way to start Google my business. Then I say Facebook for a business page for Facebook, then YouTube. And then some people, if you're selling specific products, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, even those can be great platforms, but it all depends on what product what service that you're trying to promote. How can people get in touch with you and get your professional help for their company? Well, one, you can always find me at the Christian Chamber. So I will be there on Friday and next Thursday. But if you're just trying to look at my company, I'm on almost all of those platforms. So my company name is The Amy Advantage because I try to give business owners an advantage in the marketplace. Good name, I like it. So if you look at my name, Amy Lloyd, A-I-M-E-E, -E, or the Amy Advantage on any of those platforms, I will come up. That's my website, theamyadvantage.com. And that's Amy Lloyd, Lloyd, L-L-O-Y-D. That is correct. And so, Amy, it's been great having you here. You're a pro and helping us sort through this, what feels at times like the jungle of social media. How do you get through? You can't see the forest for the trees because it's, it's a diverse subject. And I think it's here to stay. <laughs> I don't think it's a fad. The good, the bad, the ugly. Yes, That's right. It's probably gotta, here to stay. What we've got to do is learn to mitigate this thing and live with it. Friends, thanks for being with me yet another time. We'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.